Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your WWE SmackDown post-show for October 21st, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be, man. I'm back. I don't know if I feel refreshed. It's not really the type of trip you go on to feel refreshed. But I'm glad I'm back. I had a fantastic time for my first time overseas. Passport stamped. Dublin was incredible. East to west. And I seen everything that I should have seen in the trip that I was there. It will not be the first time I go. I'll tell you that. I enjoyed everything about the trip. Uh, the beverages were delicious. The food was delicious. The people were fantastic. It uh, actually made me a little upset that I had to come back to New York and smell the smog and the gasoline and the fucking dirty air of New York City after leaving such a beautiful country like Ireland. But I'm back. We got work to do. And I appreciate you guys for all of the support in the time that I was away. I know that there were a few other people in the community that you probably got caught up with, but no longer. I will be here all through the weekend here tonight for this particular review. We'll be here tomorrow with several videos during the day and then NXT Halloween Havoc tomorrow night. Sunday, I don't know what I'm doing yet. Depends on how much news I get out over the weekend. And then obviously going into Monday next week with a brand new week of content to close out the month of October. Smackdown tonight. I thought tonight was a very focused show. I thought tonight was a very story-driven show. I enjoyed the show thoroughly tonight. Sheamus and Solo Sokoa. I mean, Sheamus is fucking great. What can I say? The Celtic warrior himself, banger after banger after banger with Solo tonight, just kind of giving you a taste of what he means by banger after banger. Awesome match. Great ending. Stories there. Sheamus written off television. We'll get into why I think that's the reason he's been written off television. And then obviously with Sami Zayn and Jey Uso, that's the story in the bloodline while Roman Reigns is not at work. They continue to build the frustration between the two. And I think it's going absolutely brilliantly. And tonight, Logan Paul played a major factor in the separation of Sami Zayn and Jey Uso in the bloodline. So we'll go over that tonight. I thought that was fantastic stuff. And a great use of Logan Paul at the end of the show. He didn't really overstay his welcome. He didn't really get involved and speak too much. And WWE wants to really keep the course with him. Minimal is best with him because a lot of people don't really believe him in this role against Roman Reigns. So as little as we can get of Logan Paul, I think it would be better 
served for him going into Saudi Arabia against Roman Reigns for both the Universal and WWE Championships. The big story tonight, obviously, and the big story every week is going to be Bray Wyatt. And it's not stopping anytime soon. The interest is at an all-time high, and it's going to continue being that way because everybody is now fiending over who is the Wyatt Six. Is there even a Wyatt Six? Is it just a figment of our imagination? We, we don't know. Nobody knew before tonight. I heard rumors, I read reports that the mask, the mask was going to be introduced, this mask that Bray Wyatt debuted at Extreme Rules. The mask reportedly was being called internally Uncle Howdy. Now, I didn't really believe that. It sounds more like a name instead of a name for a mask, a name for a character instead of a name for, you know, a a mask. But tonight we got solid evidence, solid concrete evidence that Uncle Howdy is an actual name to somebody playing a character in the new Wyatt lore, in the new Wyatt universe that WWE is creating with his return that is setting the wrestling world on fire. Uncle Howdy is a character in this universe. Who it is, I don't know. I've seen people saying that it's Bo Dallas. It did not sound like Bo Dallas, and it didn't look like Bo Dallas. I don't remember Bo Dallas, unless Bo Dallas went and really got a professional fucking Western-style mustache, and he looks like he should be on the set of fucking Yellowstone with Kevin Costner. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That did not look or sound like Bo Dallas to me, though I do think that Bo Dallas is going to be involved with the Wyatt Six and Bray Wyatt in some way, shape, or form. The other names that were being thrown around are Ring of Honor names. Ring of Honor names that you and I don't really know a lot about because I don't watch Ring of Honor and I don't really have a history on Ring of Honor. I was not a Ring of Honor avid watcher. Or I don't really have any knowledge of Ring of Honor. But I do know of Dutch and Butch. Not Butch, that's uh, Pete Dunn. Dutch and Vincent. Yeah, my name's mixed up here, man. But that's what happens when you name fucking Pete Dunn Butch. Uh, you got Vincent and Dutch here of the Righteous. And I feel like it's one of the two that's playing this role. Now, news like that's not going to get out there and just be thrown out there without any solid sources. I mean, those are just two very random names that you're going to throw out there and label them possibly a part of the Wyatt world here. Those are, those are two very specific-looking individuals. So if those names have been thrown out already for a possible inclusion in the Wyatt Six, I do think that there is some fuel to that fire. And I do think that Vincent of the Righteous, you guys can go Google him, You guys can go Google him on the internet. It does look like he could be the one in that role. Or both of them actually look like they could be a part of the new Wyatt Six or the new new formation of a Wyatt family. But I do think that there is some fuel to that fire when it comes to that. We got another QR code tonight. We're going to go over that QR code. I got it queued up in my Elgato stream deck. And we're going to... Go over what it says, and there's actually a phone number. There's actually a client number that's kind of hidden as an Easter egg, as a phone number. And people have called this phone number, and it gave you yet another clue as to what Bray Wyatt is leading you to. So all of this is getting very intricate. It's obviously keeping people interested. The cliffhangers are 
uh, are very heavy here for Bray Wyatt, and it's keeping people watching the show. And I think this is fantastic. Listen, I'm excited about this shit, man. I, I, I love a good, a, a good mystery, you know? I love to see who's uncovered here or who's going to be uncovered as a part of this lore and a part of this universe. So great, man. Bray Wyatt cut a great promo tonight. And a lot of people are even wondering what the promo was about that Bray Wyatt cut. It was a continuation, they said, of what he did not get to finish yesterday. But I, I don't think it was that. I don't get it was that. I didn't get a sense last week that he was talking to us. Last week, Bray Wyndham was talking to us. I think this week, Bray Wyatt was talking to somebody else. And I don't think Bray Wyatt had any, any clue as to, you know, us or the fans and the love and all the, all, all the, the praise that he was given last week. He didn't give a shit about any of that. I think he was talking to someone else about someone else. That's not particularly the audience of the WWE. So we'll go over that as well. And then obviously Rey Mysterio, they're building Rey Mysterio up for a match with Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. And I'm very much looking forward to that. Obviously, that's going to end one way and it's going to be fun. And it's going to be a very long night of work for Rey Mysterio. But we will go over that as they made Rey Mysterio a big focus point of the show tonight as well. So we got a lot to get into, man. I got your news and rumors coming out of SmackDown for the week that I didn't get to touch upon because I was on vacation. So we got a lot to go over here this evening. And I'm glad you guys are back with me inside the OTS venue. It's good to see you as well, Noel. Thank you so much, brother. Guys, you know the deal, man. Follow me on social media. It's going to be a long weekend. I'll be here all through the weekend to get you guys covered on everything, man. We got a lot to go over this weekend. I want to get caught up when the weekend's over, so we're going to go. I'm going to give you the news like you've never seen before, man. So make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are on our way to 139,000 subscribers on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up, man. I expect nothing less than 1,000 likes minimum on tonight's SmackDown post show right here on OTS. Make sure you guys go check out. I would usually say go check out all the other content on the channel, but what content is there, man? There's nothing since last Friday. Or last Saturday. But if you guys want to go check anything out, if you missed anything, it's up there. Go check it out. Everything you need is on the homepage. Tonight's show is sponsored by Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash scripts. 30 days free of their service and one free audiobook of your choice. Go check that stuff out, man. It's a great deal. Free audiobooks and 30 days free of their service on me. As a thank you, audibletrial.com slash scripts. So go get, go get your audiobook. And like I said, guys, I will be live tomorrow night once again for the NXT Halloween Havoc post show. I don't know what to expect with NXT, man. I don't. 
So we will cover it. I haven't watched NXT in the last couple of weeks. I don't really think there really is much to watch to understand what's going on, but tomorrow's Halloween Havoc is going to be hosted by Shotzi Blackheart and uh, Quincy Elliott. Should be a fantastic time, man. We'll talk, we'll talk about that tomorrow. So I'll be live with that tomorrow, and then obviously your news throughout the Saturday and Sunday parts of your weekend, man. Yeah, I watched a little bit of Rampage tonight, man. Uh, Rampage just looked like a, a, a little bit, I don't know, man. Tony, I don't know what the fuck Tony Khan's doing with Rampage. Shit sucks, man. You know, I watched the opening match with the Acclaimed, and then I just walked away from my television to get ready for this live stream tonight. As soon as I seen Layla Gray and Willow Nightingale, and then I seen Ari Davari versus Hook, I'm like, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I, why, why am I going to review this show? Nothing happened on Rampage that you guys honestly give a shit about. It's garbage. Mojo just lay lit Ring of Honor and get it over with and just fucking call it a day. The fact that it's AEW branded is pathetic at this point. It's just a, it's just a bad program. Anyway, not here to talk about AEW Dynamite. Let's talk about what we need to talk about here, and that is WWE SmackDown. Tonight, two weeks away from Crown Jewel. We are also building towards the Survivor Series pay-per-view. War Games is coming to Boston, Massachusetts at the end of November. So we got Sheamus opening the show. He went one-on-one with Solo Sokoa. This is a good match on paper, man. Two really big guys. Two guys that are born to fight. And this made for a very good match to open SmackDown this week, man. Very physical match, as you would expect. Sheamus has been absolutely incredible in this role he's been in. The Brawling Brutes have been fantastic under Triple H. He's really brought out a new sense of life in the Brawling Brutes. The Bloodline, obviously, I don't need to say it. I know you guys understand it and know it. The Bloodline has been fantastic as far as every aspect of what they've been a part of on WWE television. And Solo Sokoa has been a very welcome addition. To the bloodline. He has. He's been fantastic. So this was a very physical match. The ending was a little chaotic because of the brawling brutes. I'll get into what I think is going to happen there. And we got Jay Uso and Sami Zayn kind of starting their nightly frustrations with each other coming out of this match. So Sokoa, he took over right away at the top. Took uh, Sheamus out with some knife-edge chops. Sheamus obviously answered back with a clothesline. Sheamus blocked a solo hip-toss attempt at this point. It took it to Sokoa with some more clotheslines. Sokoa recovered with a spinning heel kick. He then blocked Sheamus's 10 beats and sent Sheamus out to the floor to the outside. Sokoa continued the offense with a big Umaga-like splash against the ring steps. He went right after Sheamus' uh, shoulder. So we go to a little commercial break. We come back from commercial break. Sokoa hit a second Umaga splash, this time in the ring. He went for the move a third time against Sheamus, but Sheamus came back with yet another clothesline. With this injured arm now, that's the story of the match with Sheamus. Sheamus hit a white noise. He goes for recovery, gets a near fall. He went up to the top rope. Sokoa cut him off. Sokoa hit a second rope Samoan drop, which looked great. 
for a two count. Sheamus actually did land on that injured shoulder arm that Solo was working on during the match. Sokoa went for a spinning Solo, his finishing move. Sheamus broke free. He responded with a tilt-a-whirl slam, one-armed tilt-a-whirl slam, and then he went for the 10 beats, his signature move, and he got the 10 beats. Sheamus avoided a super kick. He hit a knee. He goes for cover, only gets a two count. All of a sudden, Sami Zayn jumps on the ring apron, and this just triggered a wild, chaotic scene outside, on the outside, right in front of the commentary table. So Zayn jumps on the apron. We get this huge brawl with Butch and Ridge Holland on the outside, and the Usos trapped Butch and Holland under the commentary table. Sheamus took out the Usos with a flying crossbody to the floor. All of a sudden, we go to the finish, which is Sokoa cutting off Sheamus as he entered the ring. He finished Sheamus off with a spinning solo due to the outside interference here for the one, two, three, and that was pretty much it for Solo, Sokoa, and the Bloodline here on Friday Night SmackDown. After the match, the Bloodline jumped Sheamus, targeted his arm. Jimmy trapped Sheamus' arm in a chair on the outside, and Jey Uso with a chair repeatedly... I don't want to say pilmanizing, kind of like pilmanizing his leg, but his arm instead just completely destroyed Sheamus's arm with his arm trapped in the steel chair. And eventually, Zayn seen enough. He stopped the attack on Sheamus, and the bloodline posed over Sheamus, who was holding his arm uh, in pain on the outside. They absolutely took out Sheamus. Brutal attack here. And Rich Holland Butch, they were trapped underneath the table because the Usos, or the bloodline, I should say, Trapped them underneath the table so that they wouldn't interfere in their plan to take out Sheamus here at the end of the match. So I loved how everything broke down. I thought trapping the brawling brutes underneath the table was a nice touch. And then the attack after the match was over was beautiful by the bloodline on Sheamus, which essentially has now written, in my honest opinion, written Sheamus off of television for a little bit of time. Is he really hurt? I don't think so. I think this is more for a dramatic effect on Sheamus to be taken off of television. Now, I remember a few weeks ago, and we haven't really seen them on television, and they really haven't been prevalent in the Bloodline story. We've seen guys like Ricochet and Madcap Moss, and we were predicting teams possibly for war games. I said, Possibly a team with Drew McIntyre leading his boys against the bloodline in war games. Kevin Owens and Ricochet and possibly Braun Strowman. Maybe a Madcap Moss. Now, it looks like we can wipe all of that off the paper. Just take that, erase it all off the uh, line sheet, all off the script. And it looks like what we may be getting is a potential war games match between the bloodline and the Brawling Brutes. Now, if you're asking me which I would prefer, a Drew McIntyre-led team or a Sheamus-led team with the Brawling Brutes, obviously I'm going to go with Sheamus. And guys like Pete Dunne, you know, he's had that War Games experience, so he, he knows what it's like to be in there. So if you're asking me about a War Games match between the Bloodline and the Brawling Brutes, sign me the fuck up. Sign me up. Take my money, sign me up, I'll shut up, sit down, enjoy with a nice cold beverage. Now, the bloodline is five. Roman Reigns, 
I don't know if Roman Reigns is going to be in the war games. That's the thing. I don't know. Why wouldn't Roman Reigns be in the war games? He's the leader of the bloodline. But does he have to be, though? Does he have to be? That's the thing. Do they do something else with Roman Reigns at Survivor Series? Do they put him up against somebody else? I don't know. I don't really know. I'm not here to say. But if Roman Reigns really wants to teach his guys a lesson for not obeying, you know, the tribal chief, not listening to the tribal chief, if I'm Roman Reigns, why the fuck do I have to be in war games? I'm the fucking champion, right? You represent me. You go out there and go to war for me. I would put them in war games as a punishment for not listening to me. You want to cause all this drama in, in the bloodline. Now you have to take care of the brawling brutes yourself. But who is going to be a part of the brawling brutes? Who is going to be a part of team brawling brutes here? Do we see Drew McIntyre get involved and relive his relationship with Sheamus? I don't know. I know he's got unfinished business with Karrion Cross. So if Roman Reigns, theoretically, let's think about this with Roman Reigns and without Roman Reigns. If Roman Reigns is in there, then we need two. Then we need two for the Brawling Brutes. It, w- it would be a lot easier to find one. That makes sense. It would be a little bit more difficult to find two to fit on Team Brawling Brutes here to go against the Bloodline. Though I think Roman Reigns should be in War Games because he is the Tribal Chief. Putting him in that type of match and putting all of this, I would say this fuel behind the Roman Reigns narrative and the Roman Reigns agenda, that is a match that could easily see him get hurt. Do you want to risk Roman Reigns in a War Games match? when he doesn't really need to be in a War Games match. You got more than enough there to solidify the bloodline to stand tall and look good in a War Games match with Solo, the Usos, and obviously Sami Zayn. I don't know. But if Roman Reigns is included, if Roman Reigns is included here, we could get Roman and the bloodline against the Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre, and I would say, just because he fits into the Sami Zayn story, Kevin Owens. So imagine the Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens on one side, and then the Bloodline on the other, led by Roman. But it does look like we are getting a Roman Reigns-led Bloodline against the Brawling Brutes for a potential war games. Now, I know some people are probably asking, well, what about Imperium? What about Imperium? Imperium is off doing something else now. Imperium has nothing to do with the Brawling Brutes for now. Sheamus is not chasing the Intercontinental Championship. You see, that is something that a lot of people are going to have to get used to in this Triple H-led WWE. When one feud ends on TV, like we've seen Sheamus and Walter, it didn't really end because it was a, I would say, a very blatant fuck finish with what happened in the last match that they had for the IC title. That right now is on the back burner. That is on hold. We're going to go back to that when the time is right. Now, with the Bloodline and the Brawling Brutes and Sheamus potentially being written off TV, this gives WWE more than enough ammunition for the Bloodline and the other cast of characters in the Bloodline to mix it up with Butch, mix it up with Ridge Holland. Maybe we get a tag team match. We are getting, in fact, a tag team match next week with Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa against Butch and Ridge Holland. This opens it up to one-on-one matches in the weeks to come. And it gives Sheamus some time off. You want Sheamus being 100% going into that War Games match if this is where they are going. 
You want him to be 100% going into that War Games match. And I know coming out of all of these wars with Gunther and just him working a very stiff and physical style, and he's going 1,000 miles an hour on SmackDown, you want him to rest. I don't think he's hurt legitimately. I don't think he's going to be off of television all that long. This is just something where WWE and Triple H is confident enough in Butch and in Rich Holland to carry the load while Sheamus just takes a couple of weeks off and then they write him off of television to sell the storyline injury and then he comes back at 100% or near 100% before War Games so he can get in there and battle with his guys. That's what I do think happens here. I do think Sheamus was written off television just for the time being so that they could sell this and build it towards war games, make it intriguing enough and make it intense enough so that it does lead to a war games match in November at Survivor Series. So that's what I think we're going to go with, the Bloodline and the Brawling Brutes in Boston at Survivor Series. And I think that's a great first time ever on the main roster for Triple H. The Bloodline and the Brawling Brutes, again, man, sign me the fuck up. Moving on, we got a video package recapping Rey Mysterio switching from SmackDown from Monday Night Raw. So he is now Team Blue, is Rey Mysterio. And I like this move, like I said last week. I think this opens up a world of possibilities for Rey Mysterio. New opponents, a fresh start, keeping that that Judgment Day and Dominic Mysterio storyline at bay, putting also that on the back burner so that we could really reignite that going into WrestleMania season because you know it's going to be father and son at WrestleMania. So we're going to go and put that on the back burner, let Rey Mysterio wrestle all that SmackDown has to offer, the LA Knights and the Gunthers and the Santos Escobars. It's going to be awesome, man. So that's a great move by WWE, and they made sense of it. They made sense of it. Rey Mysterio wanted to quit. Triple H said no. He brought Rey Mysterio over to SmackDown. And then on Monday Night Raw, we saw JBL on Monday Night Raw. And he mentioned, even though I can't stand the fucking sight of him. And Baron Corbin is now Baron Corbin. He's not sad Corbin. He's not happy Corbin. He looks ridiculous in that ring gear that he wore on Monday night. JBL said that it was a trade. When was the last time anybody moved from one brand to another and the word trade was used to define what had happened there? I watched Monday Night Raw and I seen these clips of Monday Night Raw and I'm like, what the fuck? Am I living in some alternate universe? A trade? A trade between brands? Wow, I haven't been asking for that for seven fucking years, eight years now, right? They made sense of it. I can't shit on it. They gave you a fucking reason. They gave you an explanation. And that's all I wanted, man. That's all I ever want. An explanation. I don't want my intelligence. I don't want your intelligence insulted by a television program that we are watching. So they went over this highlight of what happened with Rey Mysterio last week. Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci approached Rey Mysterio. Rey says this isn't the end of anything, but rather a new beginning for him. He said a move to SmackDown is just what he needed. He says he doesn't appreciate being disrespected because Ludwig says, you know, you know, Gunther, 
is going to wipe the floor with you pretty much. And that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be a bloodbath for Rey Mysterio in two weeks when they have that IC title match. He challenged one of them, did Rey, to wrestle him tonight on SmackDown. Ludwig accepted. So we shift gears to Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, I don't know if he was actually there in the arena. This seemed like a pre-taped thing that WW kind of baked into the show. Bray Wyatt was not addressing the live audience. It was more of a backstage promo-style vignette with his theme music playing in the background, and he was addressing what had happened last week and wanted to apologize to us and wanted to kind of continue where he left off, where he got interrupted by this creepy voice and this image of the man in the mask last week on SmackDown. So Bray is backstage pacing around, and Bray says he used to say revenge is an expression of pain. He says he still believes that, and he believes talking to the fans can help. He says he confessed that he has problems and always has. He says it's not hard for people to see. He says there's a few of them that like anger, and anger can take him to places that he doesn't want to be. He says it took him to places he shouldn't have come back from. He said for some reason he gets chances. Some some people don't get chances. He's gotten chances. He said he was happy being left alone and okay with it being over. I wanted you to leave me the hell alone, he said. Now, I know he's not addressing the fans here. Bray Wyatt is not addressing the fans here. I want you to leave me the hell alone. But I confess, I'm really glad you didn't. Because I I needed all of you. He says, they yanked the spears out of my ribs and yanked me up. He said, now he can see and he knows who they are and what they are trying to do, but it won't work. He said, on this journey, he will do horrible, horrible things, but he will never feel sorry for them. I am just a servant now, and I'll go where the circle takes me. And he sounded a little bit more sinister and looked a little bit more sinister while directly looking into the camera. And that's the way the promo here by Human Bray, Wyndham, came to a close. Now... I do think the one thing I was thinking about when Bray was addressing the camera in this backstage promo, some of it he was addressing to us, but the others that he was mentioning, you know, obviously he was addressing the fans here, but when he says, I wanted you to leave me the hell alone, I confess I'm glad you really didn't. And then he says, I needed all of you. That's the part where he's addressing us. But then he says, they... They is not us. They is the Wyatt Six. Or they may actually be the fucking split personalities that Bray Wyatt has and is showing us on WWE television. He may not even be talking about human beings. He may be talking about himself. Bray Wyatt may actually be talking about his fucking split alter egos as he addresses the camera. They yanked the spears out of my ribs and yanked me up. He said, now we can see and now he knows who they are and what they are trying to do and it won't work. 
meaning they're trying to bring him back to the dark side. He said on this journey, he will do horrible, horrible things, but he will never feel sorry for them. I'm just a servant now, and I'll go where the circle... It's almost like he's dipping in and out of Wyndham and this fucking split alter ego. I'm just a servant now, and I'll go where the circle takes me while sounding sinister and looking sinister into the camera. Now, this was one part of the Bray Wyatt story that we got on SmackDown. The other was in the form of another creepy, static-like vignette where we see this man in the mask, this creepy fucking mask, and he's uttering words that you really can't understand, and then all of a sudden, you get another QR code that takes you to this. This is a psych war or a psychiatric evaluation paper for Bray Wyatt, as you see there. Client's name, Bray Wyatt. Date of birth, May 23rd, 1987. And the client ID number is 855-211-1333. Now, a lot of people, obviously, the sleuths on social media, took this to be a phone number. It looks like a client ID number, but also looks like a fucking telephone number. So people picked up their cell phones, and they call this number. When you call this number, you actually get taken to a voice recording. A voice recording that is singing the lyrics, or mouthing the lyrics, I should say. Not really singing the lyrics, but reciting the lyrics to a song written by David Bowie and Nine Inch Nails called The Man Who Sold the World. Now, this song was also performed by Nirvana, and I would rather not talk about them, but David Bowie is the original composer of this song, The Man Who Sold the World. We passed upon the stair, we spoke of was and when, Although I wasn't there, he said I was his friend, which came as some surprise. I spoke into his eyes. I thought you died alone a long, long time ago. And then the creepy message with this client ID number that was revealed to be a phone number, the words in this voice recording were, Oh no, not me. I never lost control. I never lost control. And that was the theme throughout all of this QR code. And the the lyrics to this song are, Oh no, not me. I never lost control. You're face to face with the man who sold the world. So Bray Wyatt and the QR codes continuing to lead to different aspects and different parts of the Wyatt lore. Here with this new character now being brought back to WWE television. So, uh, yes, I'm not a fan of Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, I think Nine Inch Nails is terrible. That's just my honest opinion. Yeah, Nine Inch Nails. You know, you know who Nine Inch Nails really attracted, man? All the goth girls who are really large and very whale-like and fat. You know, they, 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 they somehow loved Trent Reznor. I, listen. Not my cup of tea, man. Not my cup of tea. I actually listen to real musicians, okay? Anyway, um, never mind. We're not here to talk about music. Don't get me started. I know I may get canceled for what uh, I said about Nine Inch Nails. Um, but this is great. I love this shit. I think this is really 
This is really exciting stuff. And then at the end of this QR code, we saw that, or this vignette, rather. We saw this QR code mixed in with a bunch of images. And we see this, this cowboy-like figure. He's got a hat on. He's got this very Western-style braided mustache, right? It, it, it was definitely not Bray Wyatt. It's definitely not Bray Wyatt. If it was Bray Wyatt, I would know. Some people are like, oh, Bray Wyatt's in the mask. Bray Wyatt, the mask behind the man, uh, the, man, the man behind the mask is Bray Wyatt's alter ego. I could understand that. It could be evil Bray trying to lure Wyndham into the dark side, right? Back into that circle. I don't know. Some people are saying the man behind the mask is Bo Dallas. We don't know. There's a lot of different names here thrown out in association with the potential Wyatt Six faction. This was not Bray Wyatt. This was somebody else. Some people even said that this, this figure, the, the way he was stoically just standing there, it looked like he had a mask on. Potentially, I don't know. From what I saw, it didn't look like he had a mask on. Unless it was really, really, really well done. Braided mustache, cowboy hat that had an image. I don't know what the image was in his cowboy hat. It was like a reflection in his cowboy hat. And all, all he said was, howdy. Howdy. And that was the end of the vignette. Now, some people are saying it could be Blackjack Mulligan. Gary Windham. I don't know. I don't know. Could be a potential. Bray Wyatt including his family in this entire thing. Including his family in the lore. Bo Dallas may not be the only one who's a part of all of this. I don't know. But with all the rumor and innuendo about Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy and Uncle Harper being trademarked by WWE, we got the first glimpse of Uncle Howdy here tonight on Friday Night SmackDown. Now, I do have news on Bray Wyatt and everything that's going on with this story. And this is news that broke while I was actually away on vacation. During an appearance on Sunday night's main event, Dave Meltzer has this show, Sunday night's main event on TSN, TSN Radio. Dave Meltzer was asked about some of the rumored names for Wyatt's faction. I think they are going to be a faction, but I'm not sure who is going to be in it, says Dave Meltzer. I've certainly heard names for a faction, but then I heard other people say those aren't the names. Of course, you know, WWE's not going to let you know who's in this faction, so whatever Dave Meltzer heard could easily be changed at a drop of a dime to keep the scent from getting to the dirt sheets. This is not something WWE wants readily available or out there to be reported. They want this to be kept a secret. The only people that I'm sure know are the people writing creatively for Bray, Bray himself, the people that are involved in Triple H. Why it would be outside that circle, I don't know. So Dave Meltzer may have heard names. Those names may not be the names at the end of all of this. And someone even told me it's not even all worked out exactly how it's all going to go down. I think it's a faction. He thinks it's a faction. As far as who's playing what, I don't know. It's being kept like that for a reason. I think they are trying to keep it secretive. No shit, Dave. No shit. Now, the people in the Funhouse costumes that we saw at Extreme Rules, names like Joe Gacy, Grayson Waller, Dexter Loomis, right? Eric Rowan's name was thrown out there. 
Tommaso Ciampa's name was thrown out there. Bliss, Alexa Bliss or Liv Morgan for Sister Abigail. Liv Morgan's kind of got this dark character now being portrayed on television. A ton of names. A ton of names out there. Based on what Meltzer was told about the speculated names, it looks like most or possibly none of the names that have been talked about will be a part of the, of the Wyatt sex. We don't know. But tonight we got Howdy, Uncle Howdy. Now, WWE is indeed, this, this is confirmed, this is legit, this is concrete information. WWE is very much considering two names to be in Bray Wyatt's faction. Meltzer did have a brief note in The Observer about two names being considered for the group. He wrote, Dutch and Vincent's name have been talked about for Wyatt's characters. Several other names, like I said, have been rumored. Alvarez mentioned Bo Dallas a few weeks ago. There's no update on Bo Dallas after Brian Alvarez reported that he was expected back with the company soon. There may be fuel to that fire because we haven't heard anything about Bo Dallas. And when Brian Alvarez put the name Bo Dallas out there, we stopped hearing anything about Bo Dallas. All the Bo Dallas news stopped coming in. There was not another piece of information that came in after Bo Dallas was in the news. So there may be fuel to that fire. Plans for the faction still obviously are being worked out, like Meltzer said on his Sunday Night's Main Event podcast, and it's very much being kept secretive. And it's also worth noting that Vincent and Dutch were backstage at a WWE Raw in Brooklyn not too long ago. So if they are not signed yet, it definitely appears that WWE has an interest in bringing them in. Why would they be backstage at WWE for Raw while their Ring of Honor talents, and I'm sure Tony Khan, Tony Khan last used them at the last Ring of Honor show. So they were in a six-person tag team title match. Why wouldn't Tony Khan want to bring them back if Ring of Honor is reportedly nearing a TV deal for a television show? He's going to need all hands on deck to get Ring of Honor back to what it needs to be. But Dutch and Vincent are at WWE at the Barclays Center on Raw for the 25th fucking anniversary of DX. Why? If they're backstage, then that means there's also fuel to that fire as well. And the guy that I saw tonight was not Bo Dallas. It was not Bray Wyatt. It was one of these two men. It was either Dutch or who I think tonight was Vincent. So we will see what happens with the Wyatt Six. But it's definitely, it's definitely kind of rolling out. And we're getting a little bit more information as the weeks go on that we could really, really sink our teeth into. So I'm enjoying what's going on here, man. This is very exciting stuff. And like I said, whatever happens next, whatever they do on tonight's show and whichever show, it's going to get people that much interested in seeing what's happening next that they're going to go out there and specifically watch the show for Bray Wyatt. And they're doing a fantastic job of keeping that audience and keeping them interested with these little cliffhangers and these clues and these QR codes and next week, they're on FS1 because they're being preempted by baseball, the playoffs. So it's going to be very interesting to see what WWE does as far as the ratings draw is on FS1, away from Fox on their usual network on Friday night. If they move to FS1, how much this Bray Wyatt interest is going to keep them with this momentum going over to FS1 because they're being preempted by the baseball playoffs? We'll see. 
Dutch has a mustache like Blackjack Mulligan now. There you go, says Hector Ramos in the chat. There you go. It's definitely one of these two guys. It's definitely one of these two guys, and they are not they are not there. They're not backstage for Monday Night Raw to say, hey, hey, man, what's going on? You know, they they were brought in. Guys like that don't get brought in for no reason. They are brought in for a very specific reason. If you've seen their look before with the righteous, they could be, they could have been a part of the old Wyatt family. So clearly somebody's done their homework and somebody's done their research about the makeup of these two individuals that they fit perfectly into this new Wyatt universe or this new Wyatt six that's been heavily rumored. So we will keep a close eye on this, but what I thought they did tonight was fantastic stuff. Sami Zayn. He was with the Usos backstage and they were all celebrating them beating down Sheamus. Sammy did his secret handshake routine with Jimmy Uso. Yeah, Sheamus can't do this now, right? Because they were celebrating and gloating that they took his arm out. So he did uh, the secret handshake with Jimmy Uso. Joke that Sheamus can't do that. Jay was even hyped up and a little happy. Jay seemed a little jovial, man. He wasn't the Debbie Downer of the bloodline like he usually is. Sammy told Solo he sent a message to the entire locker room and nobody messes with the bloodline. He says their work is done now. Jay says, what do you mean? What do you mean? We're just getting started. Logan Paul is showing up tonight, and he's got to get his ass beat too. Jay was very adamant about this. Sammy said, no, 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 no. Roman said specifically, you know, not to engage with Logan Paul at all. I did not give that rule. I did not give that order. Heyman did not give that order. This was directly from Roman Reigns, the tribal chief. He said the last thing they want is that he's in their heads or has to, you know, be the one to kind of infiltrate the mindset of the bloodline. It wouldn't be very oozy, he says. Sammy asked Jimmy to back him up. Jimmy said, my dog. Sammy said to Jay, well, there you go. There you go. So Jay agreed, but, you know, he kind of smiled and smirked as if he's going to go off and do his own thing anyway and that, you know, he's basically a hothead, and, you know, we'll see what happens at the end of the night. When it comes to the end of the night, I'm not going to be responsible for my actions. It is Logan Paul, and we got to get Logan Paul. we got to take Logan Paul out for the Tribal Chief. So, they're still building this little, this little tension here between Sami Zayn and Jay Uso, and Jay Uso now is the problem of Sami Zayn, and, you know, we all know that Roman Reigns is going to find fault in something with Sami Zayn. This may be the thing... That does it, but Roman Reigns is no dummy. Roman Reigns sees Sami Zayn as being a true honorary oos. Sami Zayn is listening to the words of the tribal chief. Sami Zayn is following orders and instructions by Roman Reigns very, very, very carefully. It's Jey Uso who's making Sami Zayn look bad. I think at first, when Roman Reigns sees this, he is going to side with Sami Zayn, and then at some point, it's just going to be too much to kind of keep defending Sami Zayn, and then Sami Zayn's inevitably going to get thrown under the bus. And it's going to be one of those moments where you know he doesn't really deserve it, and it's going to bring that much more heat on the bloodline, and it's going to make Sami Zayn into even a bigger babyface when the time comes. What that time is or when that time is, I don't know. But I think tonight is going to be one of the biggest tests. Tonight was the biggest test for Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns telling him, listen, 
He's your problem now. But Sami Zayn has done everything that he has to, everything that he can to kind of bring Jey Uso back down to earth. It's not working. It's not working. So we'll see what happens, and we'll see what happens with Roman Reigns. He should be on SmackDown next week uh, to address the bloodline and just kind of get himself ready for Logan Paul. So he will be on SmackDown next week. So maybe we get a continuation with Jimmy, Jay, and Sami Zayn there on SmackDown next week. Liv Morgan. She went one-on-one with Sonya Deville. This was not bad. And they went nearly 10 minutes here on SmackDown. And Liv Morgan apparently is getting this new character remake or this new character on SmackDown. And I don't really know what to think about it because, A, I do think she needed it. But, B, I just still find myself not believing in anything Liv Morgan is doing. I, I, don't, really, I don't really fully invest in Liv Morgan and the character that she's trying to portray here on WWE television. So, Liv Morgan and Sonya Deville, they went to a double countout. And the crowd booed, and we'll get to how all of this came about. But the crowd booed, and then Liv Morgan, she got them right back with what she did at the end of the match. And she really is presenting herself to be someone who likes to inflict pain on herself. What do they call those people? Masochist? She likes to inflict pain on herself, and she smiles and laughs and enjoys it. So this is the new character that Liv Morgan has on WWE television. So right in the beginning, it was a little rough. They didn't seem to really gel too well together. But that's basically all Liv Morgan's matches, in my honest opinion. So it kind of picked up a little bit, and... DeVille is beating down Liv Morgan, and Liv Morgan is smiling. And Sony DeVille is beating her down and beating her down. So she came out also, I, I need to make mention of this, which is lame. She came out dressed, and she kind of came out with the vibe of Harley Quinn from Batman. Joker's Harley Quinn, which has been done to death. I mean, hasn't Alexa Bliss played something? like a Harley Quinn-like character. She was basically, that's the same exact thing that they referred to with Alexa Bliss when she was paired with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was the Joker, right? The Fiend was the Joker. And Alexa Bliss was his Harley Quinn. Now we got Liv Morgan playing Harley Quinn and coming out basically inflicting self-pain on herself. I don't really, I don't really get where we're going with this. Unless she really is involved with Bray Wyatt as well. DeVille hit Morgan with a series of kicks. Morgan was taking all these kicks and challenged DeVille to hit her again like she's enjoying it. DeVille then hit a running knee for a near fall. Morgan all of a sudden snapped. She started laughing. She ran wild on DeVille, beat her down around ringside. The referee counted them both out after Morgan kept beating up DeVille. On the outside, we got to a 9-10 count. Bell rings, crowd booed. They didn't like the no contest or the non-finish here between DeVille and Liv Morgan. After the match, Morgan continued to attack DeVille. She threw a bunch of chairs into the ring, and she went underneath the ring for chairs, and she went to the timekeeper's area 
to throw chairs into the ring. The crowd was chanting, we want tables, we want tables. So she gets the, the, the sufficient amount of chairs in the ring, and she takes Sonya Deville up to the top rope, and she does a superplex off the second turnbuckle on Sonya Deville on top of the chairs, and after the pain, she starts smiling and rolling around in the chairs, and she's wrapping her legs around the chairs, and she's got this sadistic smile like she enjoyed inflicting pain on herself while she inflicted pain on Sonya Deville. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I do not. And I listen, I appreciate the effort. I'm not saying that she's playing it bad. I appreciate the effort. But how many different people are we going to see play a Batman-like character on television? How many people, how many women are going to reference and portray the Harley Quinn vibe and integrate that into their act. It's a little tired and dumbed down at this point. Not saying that Liv Morgan doesn't look the, look the part. She looks great. But I don't believe in Liv Morgan. I don't. Now, Michael Cole and whoever can sit there and try and sell me on Liv Morgan, oh, you know... Losing a championship is going to drive somebody mad like Liv Morgan. It's going to drive people to do whatever they have to do to get back to that spot. It drives people crazy, right? You can sell me on that little that little note all you want. The thing is, Liv Morgan is not somebody that I look at with this kind of character and initially believe. There's a problem with that. Everything that WWE's done with Liv Morgan, with what she did as champion, to up to when she lost the championship, I don't believe that all of a sudden, Liv Morgan went from cheating to win and taking the cheap way out and this and that, to all of a sudden finding her extreme and now somehow liking it. I don't believe that. Liv Morgan's offense in the ring doesn't really lend itself to being believable for me to where we see her as far as her character. She loves pain, but everything we see Liv Morgan do in the ring is very unbelievable. I don't know what it is, but Liv Morgan is not selling me on what she does in the ring as far as her overall character and presentation is concerned. It's very weak. It's very weak. We haven't really heard much from her. We don't know why she's all of a sudden turned to the dark side or why she's got this Harley Quinn-like character. We don't know why. We don't know why. Is she a part of the Wyatt Six? Is she going to be one of the people that Bryce says, you know, the people that you used to love, blah, 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 is going to turn and go evil or go dark? No. I don't know if she's a part of that. She could be. She could be. There is relations to the family there. But I don't believe Liv Morgan in her current role. I don't. We got another Viking Raiders vignette with Sarah Logan. And we did get a glimpse of Eric and Ivar, which may lend itself to meaning Ivar and Eric will be back on television. Hopefully. I don't like that they got taken off television. And they got taken off television because Eric uh, banged up his foot. I don't know how serious it was. Some people said it was serious. 
Some reports said it was serious. Some others really didn't say much of anything at all about it. So we don't really know. But Sarah Logan looks to be back with the Viking Raiders. We don't know. We didn't get a name to the person in the vignettes yet. But I think everybody is under the assumption that it is Sarah Logan and that Sarah Logan is back with the WWE with the Viking Raiders. Braun Strowman and Omos. We've got a Braun Strowman and Omos face-to-face here on Friday Night SmackDown. Now, I feel like I'm at fault here, man. I feel like I am to blame for this because I will this into existence. I somehow will this into existence, and I know because I put it out there that we were inevitably going to get it. It just felt like this was the direction that they were going to go in. Braun Strowman is on SmackDown. And, you know, I love the fact that WWE is keeping it very short and sweet with Braun Strowman. He comes out, he gets the monster pop. Everybody loves him. And I do think, and I praised WWE management on how they've handled Braun Strowman so far. They've handled him perfectly up until this point. He hasn't overstayed his welcome. He hasn't really done, you know, that much past what he really knows. They, they haven't overexerted him. He's been treated perfectly, and he's given the perfect amount of time on television to a point where it's like, okay, I don't mind him being there. So good on WWE for that. They found a, a formula and a recipe for Braun Strowman that works. But Braun Strowman's in the ring, and Braun is kind of absorbing all the fans' cheers, and he's posing in front of the fans. He gets on the microphone and told the fans to look at him. Look at Braun Strowman. He said, clearly, he isn't someone who is easy to miss. He said, if you have a problem with him, he's not that hard to find. So then all of a sudden he calls Omos to the ring so Omos can look into the eyes of a real monster. MVP came out instead all by himself, no Omos. He says he never referred to Braun as anything but a monster of a man. He said he's sure he always has been the biggest athlete on the field and the strongest in the weight room. That is until last week when he found himself in the vicinity of a literal giant, the Nigerian giant, Omos. MVP says he should stay away from Omos because once the WWE Universe sees him standing face-to-face with the literal giant, he will be exposed. Braun says he doesn't need MVP's advice. He challenged Omos to a match at Crown Jewel. MVP says, is that a challenge? Yes, yes, it is a challenge. MVP accepted on behalf of Omas. As MVP predicted what Omas will do to him, Braun Strowman says, listen, we could sit here and talk about what we're going to do to each other. I don't care. He's more for action than talking. I'm glad he realized that as well. He said Omas decided not to show up. But MVP says, no, 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 you're wrong. MVP said he never said Omos wasn't there. So all of a sudden, out comes the mighty (laughs) 
comes Omos. He came out. He entered the ring. And listen, Omos is a big motherfucker. I'll tell you that right now. Omos is a big fucking guy. WWE foolishly shoots from underneath, right? They shoot Omos as he's standing fucking 10 feet tall. He's like a fucking skyscraper, right? They shoot him from underneath. This is the Vince McMahon fucking mentality that Triple H and Kevin Dunn still today, though Vince McMahon's not there to give the orders, they still have adopted the Vince McMahon way, the Vince McMahon portrayal of Omos, right? Omos is seven foot three. Braun Strowman apparently is, I thought he was bigger than this. Apparently he's six foot eight. 360 some odd pounds is Braun Strowman. I don't need WWE to cringely and foolishly and just very lame shoot Omos up from the fucking ground up in a feud with Braun Strowman. Like, I get it. I, I, I get the visual is important to them. But when people see these two men in the ring, it is very, very apparent and clear as fucking day that Omos is towering over Braun Strowman. Omos is so big. Omos is so much bigger than Braun Strowman. He makes Braun Strowman look like he's fucking Tommaso Ciampa out there. That's how much taller and bigger Omos is than Braun Strowman. So why do we need him to shoot up from underneath? I don't get it. We don't need all these fucking silly theatrics for these big guys. So apparently Braun Strowman's going to be exposed because he's not as tall as Omos. Omos. We got a five-star match coming at uh, Crown Jewel, right? I cannot wait for this match is either going to be a a fucking super fun five-minute match between two huge guys or it's going to be such a fucking disaster that nobody can turn away, and it's going to be so good, so bad that it's good. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I hope, I hope that this ends Omas. Why do we need Omas on television when we have everything we need in Braun Strowman? The reason why Braun Strowman was fired in the first place was because Vince found a... Walmart-like version of Braun Strowman, less talented, and Omos, and less pay. I don't get it. After Omos inevitably loses this match in Saudi, what is there? They want to say, and the storyline is, oh, when he gets in the ring with Omos, he's going to be exposed. What exactly are you exposing Braun Strowman to? Terrible wrestling? Somebody that can't fucking wrestle. Somebody that has the, the fucking charisma of a, a wet paper, a, a, a fucking wet paper bag. You, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Once Omos loses this match, all of Omos's stock drops to zero. He's finished. He's finished. This may be the last Omos match that we see. Nobody will take Omos seriously. Once you have somebody in there, and Braun is smaller and he's not as big as Omos. Once you have somebody like that beat Omos, the mystique is gone. It's all over. WWE is going to have a very, a very difficult time building that man back up to anything if he loses to Braun Strowman. Done. Moving on. Apparently, Drew McIntyre is backstage with Caleb Braxton, and 
Drew McIntyre says that this is just the beginning and asked if there has been any repercussions. Drew said Extreme Rules pushed him past his breaking point. He says he got called into WWE headquarters this past week, and they had a very difficult, intense talk with management, he did, where he was warned of severe consequences if they continued to fight outside of the ring. This all stems from last week's car crash that opened SmackDown. Drew says they agreed it has to end, and it will all end at Crown Jewel as Cross... Cross and McIntyre will battle inside a steel kit. Somebody in the comments section is saying that Great Khali is going to interfere in this match. Not this match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross, but Great Khali is going to interfere in the Braun Strowman and Omos match at Crown Jewel. Bro, listen, who's that? Uh, Toolshed. Is that who it was in the chat? Toolshed? Bro. Bro, please. Uh, I mean, you just will this, and now it will happen. Now it will happen at Crown Jewel. Imagine. Imagine Braun Strowman and Omas with the great Kali in, involved. You believe that? I'm not to blame for that one. I'll tell you that right now. Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross inside a steel cage sounds good to me, man. But if you liked, or I should say if you didn't like, the first match at Extreme Rules, I doubt you'll like the Steel Cage match. I think Cross has really left a bad taste on several people's mouths. I don't know why. I don't think a Steel Cage match is going to do anything to drastically change your opinion. If you don't like Cross for one reason or another, or you didn't like Cross coming out of the Extreme Rules match, which I thought was okay, I gave you my reasons and my criticisms about Cross. If you didn't like that match, you're not going to like this match at Crown Jewel. So, no matter what these two guys do, I'm sure you don't give a shit coming out of Extreme Rules. We've seen a black SUV arrive at SmackDown. Out pops Logan Paul. We'll see him later on in the main event segment of the show. Women's Tag Team Championship match. Shotzi Blackheart. And <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez, Smiley Raquel, teams with Shotzi Blackheart against Dakota Kai and EO Sky. This is for the Women's Tag Team Championships. I've been very hard on the Women's Tag Team Championships, and I still feel the same way. I think they're a complete waste of fucking television time. I don't think that they are really needed on television at all. I think damage control still is uninteresting, and I think damage control is fucking iceberg cold on WWE television. No matter how you want to spin it or weave it, Dakota Kai, Eosky, love both ladies. Believe me, love Bailey, love all three ladies. But there seems to still be something missing there. What is it? I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody can really pinpoint exactly what is going on here. But they are not really feeling as important as I thought they would be coming out of the first appearance when we all saw them together at SummerSlam. It's not working. Tag team championships are not going to really be a deciding factor in that either. Bailey losing and not winning the championship, 
I don't really think has harmed Bailey at all, but, you know, a lot of people said that coming out of Extreme Rules, she herself should have beat Bianca Belair. I think they got bigger plans for Bianca Belair that involve some fucking android coming back to Friday night. Nobody wants to see that. Or maybe she shows up on Monday night. I don't know. Just have some weird fucking thing about Bianca Belair and Charlotte, and I think, you know, she's wrestled, she's wrestled uh, Sasha at Mania. She's wrestled Becky at Mania. I could see her wrestling Charlotte at Mania. It's gonna be crazy, man. I just, I, I have a feeling that Charlotte and, and Bianca are gonna be on a, a collision course when they get Charlotte back to television. I don't know. Anyway. They haven't looked good. Damage control has not looked good, okay? That's just me. But this match, this match was actually pretty decent. I even said so on social media. I said, this was probably the best. Since Triple H has brought the titles back, this has probably been the best women's tag team title match that we've seen on television since the titles have been been brought back to television. A little sloppy. A little sloppy. That's a lot to do with Shotzi. Not really all that good at Shotzi. That's just me. And it ended up turning into a fun little tag team match with a nice little ending. So, damage control had the advantage. They worked over Rodriguez. Shotzi hit a running senton in the corner, which looked good. Dakota Kai took over. She followed with a dive off of Rodriguez's shoulders. Rodriguez and Shotzi hit a beautiful doomsday-style missile dropkick combination off the top rope. That was great for a near fall. Kai then took Shotzi, lured her in, and Eoskai caught her with a springboard missile dropkick of her own. Shotzi was on the receiving end of some offense from damage control. She started to fight back. She tossed Kai uh, to ringside, outside. Rodriguez gets the hot tag. And she runs wild. Fall away slam. Rodriguez went for her spinning Vader bomb, but Sky cut her off. Kai tried for a power bomb on Rodriguez, but Shotzi made the save. Sky then caught Rodriguez with a beautiful tornado DDT for a near fall for herself. So we got the baby faces looking to win this thing. They're in control. They hit an assisted slice spread for a two count. Rodriguez tried to give Kai a power bomb, or they the Tejana bomb, as, as she calls it, and they fell out of the ring. Meanwhile, in the ring, Sky took over and hit a moonsault on Shotzi for the one, two, three, and that was it to secure the victory and damage control retain the women's tag team championships. There you go. Fun little match between all four ladies, man. Uh, how much better is it? for Rodriguez to be teaming with Shotzi. Now, I know Shotzi isn't all that great. Shotzi's a leagues better than Aaliyah. Shotzi's still not good, but she's leagues better than Aaliyah. But how much better does Rodriguez look with Shotzi as her tag team partner? Now, the team don't make sense. The team was just randomly paired together because WWE has no other tag teams on the main roster right now to oppose damage control, but... It's a much better pairing than Rodriguez and fucking Aaliyah, who won the goddamn tournament for the tag team championship. So, seems like they made a better team out of a nothing team, and we got a decent match here, but 
My opinion still stands on damage control, and my opinion still stands on the tag team championships. I, I don't really find any of this to be all that interesting whatsoever. And I hope that whatever Triple H has planned for War Games and how he gets these, these characters and these individuals involved and who's going to be in War Games, I hope that it is enough to take damage control to the next level where people actually give a little bit more of a shit about damage control. Right now, I'm not really feeling like anybody really cares if damage control is there or not. I don't know if it's the charisma of Dakota or the lack of charisma from Dakota or the lack of charisma from EO or if it's just the personalities not gelling. All three are very different personalities. So I don't know. I don't know. I hope War Games is enough to take them to the next level. That's what I'm hoping for. And if it's not working after War Games, I don't know what to tell you, man. This will be one of the very few failures in the Triple H administration. Kayla Braxton interviewed Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey apparently was going to issue an open challenge, as she has done with all of her previous title reigns. Rousey said she issued open challenges to prove she has been the best in the past, not to entertain the WWE universe. She said she's got nothing but hate for everything she's done. Well, I don't, well, I mean, listen, Rhonda, you may have gotten hate and you think it's unfair, but the hate that you're getting is not because of anything but you. You. You are the cause of the hate. You are here and nothing has been better with you here. You're the champion again. You don't really need to be the champion because you were champion last time and you didn't really do anything to enhance the division at all. Nothing is better with you here. And a lot of people don't really approve of Ronda being in the WWE. Ronda, to me, you know, is taking up a roster spot from somebody that WWE could be putting in that position instead of Ronda. And really nothing would change. Nothing would be drastically different with Ronda as champion, you know? So you could put, the best way for me to describe it is if you made EO Sky, the women's champion, over Ronda Rousey, it would be exactly the same way it is now. Ronda Rousey is not making the division better. Ronda is not making the WWE Women's Championship better. She's not. So I don't really understand, you know, why she's out. Oh, I'm getting hate. Of course you're getting hate. Nobody wants you here. And on top of the fact that when we see you in the ring, you're not all that good anyway. Two years, how long you been at this? How long has Ronda been at this? And she still can't grasp a WWE-style wrestling match. I wonder why she's getting hate. I wonder why. She said it would be pathetic for her to chase their approval again. This is a little bit of a deviation away from what we've seen of Ronda when she was suspended and she was going through the Adam Pierce thing that she was doing not too long ago. She was playing a badass. Ronda Rousey was playing a badass. And it looked like she was playing the character that she should have been playing while Vince was there. Vince wanted her to come out and smile and wave and fucking shake hands and high-five the little kids front row. Ronda Rousey then started playing a badass on the Triple H, and now it seems like we're deviating again away from that, and she's acting more as a heel now. I don't know why. 
there was a deviation away from that. Ronda was actually being portrayed a lot better while she was able to be herself, a badass, and just go out there and kick ass and be cool while doing it. Now she's back to shitting on the fans. We'll see what happens. She said she ripped the belt away from Glitter Cinderella to spite them, meaning Liv Morgan. She said they're stuck with the best. Kayla asked if there will be an open challenge next week. Rousey said next week, yeah, if I feel like it. I just need to get the hell out of Ohio first, she says. Well, Ronda Rousey's a heel. Ronda Rousey is 100% going heel, or is now a heel on SmackDown. We got a vignette aired with Legado del Fantasma, Santos Escobar. He said business is growing into an empire here with Legado del Fantasma. Santos Escobar said businesses grow stronger through mergers and acquisitions. He said their latest acquisition is Zelina Vega. Vega then speaks and says she's been successful at everything she's done. She said that they are heads and shoulders above everybody else. Santos said they are an unbreakable force fueled by tradition, culture, and heritage. They toasted each other with some Fine, what looked to be brandy, and they all cheersed, and Hit Row was watching on the other end of the TV as they were watching this take place in the background at SmackDown. SmackDown says, or Hit Row says on SmackDown that they're tired of having Legato sneak attack them all the time. Now, they have the numbers game. You got Santos Escobar, you got Selena Vega, you got Cruz Del Toro, you got Joaquin Wild. So now, B-Fab says, well, yes, they got the numbers game. It's Ashante Adonis and Top Dalla. She says, I have an idea. She's going to go out and get somebody for a six-man tag next week to team with Ashante Adonis and Top Dalla to take on Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wild, and Cruz Del Toro. So I don't know if this is going to be a new member of Hit Row. I don't know if there's going to be a new member of Hit Row or if it's just going to be a one-off next week where they just enlist somebody to even the odds next week against Santos and Legato. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it's going to be interesting to see what they get as their partner. But I do think at the end of all this, Hit Row does need somebody. Hit Row needs a figure that leads the group, somebody that has name value and name recognition. Because right now, Hit Row... You know, they don't really factor into all the trios going on right now in the WWE. Triple H is really aligning the WWE with all these different trios and factions, right? Hit Row doesn't really even fall into that because they're one man short. So who is that one man going to be to get Hit Row to fit in with the rest of the factions in WWE? They need a leader. They need a face that's going to bring them some name recognition. I don't know who that could be. I don't. So we will see what happens. Obviously, it can't be Swerve. Swerve, I think, was a great figurehead for the group. But outside that, you know, it's up to you guys. It's a guessing game at this point. Carmelo Hayes. Cedric Alexander. I don't know. Maybe it's one of the new... Maybe, listen, maybe it's one of the Street Profits. I don't know. Maybe it's one of the Street Profits. They've been kind of buddy-buddy, rubbing elbows with Hit Row as of late. 
Carmelo Hayes is somebody that I could see, you know? Some people think that Angelo Dawkins could fit in there. Ricochet. Yes, I could see Ricochet. Listen, man, Mike NY may have the answer. Ricochet may be the answer. A Ricochet. Ricochet ain't doing anything right now. Ricochet versus Santos. Take my money, bro. What a fucking feud that'll be. Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin apparently is going to be teaming with R-Truth. It's going to be more of a regular pairing going forward. A little bit more of a serious pairing going forward. I don't know. I don't know. Leo Rush? Leo Rush brought back to the WWE. Could Leo Rush lead Hit Row? I could see that. He had that gimmick in NXT where he was like flaunting his money around and he is a rapper himself, Leo Rush. He could fit. Leo Rush could fit into Hit Row. Leo Rush could fit into Hit Row. Leo Rush could be a recognizable name and a voice for Hit Row. And Leo Rush leading Hit Row against factions like Santos and Legato on SmackDown would be fucking great. That would be a great pickup. I could see Triple H bringing Leo Rush back, but I don't know what Leo Rush is doing with, you know, promotions like New Japan or maybe he's with MLW. I I don't know. I don't know what his contract status is. I could see Ricochet. Any of the names you guys have made here tonight or told me here tonight, I could see actually being a good fit for Hit Row. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, Legato and Hit Row continuing their feud on Friday Night SmackDown. Rey Mysterio. He went one-on-one with Ludwig Kaiser. It has been announced that Rey Mysterio in two weeks will get his Intercontinental Championship match against the mighty Gunther. This was actually a very good match, as I would expected it to be, because Kaiser's great, and Rey Mysterio has been really good as of late. So they told the story here that Rey Mysterio can now focus on what he needs to do, because Dominic, he's away from Dominic. Dominic is on Monday Night Raw, and he is on Friday Night SmackDown, but that doesn't mean Judgment Day can't show up on Friday night. I think we do see Judgment Day at some point kind of infiltrate Friday Night SmackDown just to, just to fuck with Rey Mysterio. Mysterio had the early advantage here, sending Kaiser to ringside. A little, little bit of a distraction by Imperium on the outside, which is Giovanni Vinci and Gunther. Mysterio went for a sliding splash on the outside underneath the ropes. Kaiser moved and took it to Mysterio with a big uppercut. Kaiser was in control. He attempted a superplex. Mysterio knocked Kaiser down. Hit a senton. Mysterio then fired up and hit a springboard crossbody off the middle rope. Kaiser tried fighting back, but Mysterio took him out with a kick to the head. He followed up with a middle rope moonsault for a near fall. Mysterio then hit the 10 punches in the corner, paid tribute to Eddie Guerrero like he usually does. Fans broke out into a loud Eddie chant. Headbutts. Mysterio hit a top rope Rana for a near fall. Mysterio sent Kaiser to ringside, but missed a dive off the apron. Back at ringside, Imperium kind of was, you know, approaching Rey Mysterio. He grabbed the chair, tossed it at Gunther. Gunther punched it away. But Mysterio pulled an Eddie, pretended he got hit. Referee assumed Gunther attacked Mysterio, threw them out, and got rid of them from the ringside area. Mysterio went for a splash. Kaiser got his knees up. He then used an inside cradle for a quick two count. Mysterio recovered and hit a vicious 
um, Hurricane Rana onto the ropes, which led to the 619. And that is what finished Kaiser off. 619, big splash. Rey Mysterio beats one third of Imperium here on SmackDown. Very good stuff there by Rey Mysterio. Probably going to get his victories over guys like, uh, you know, Kaiser and Vinci. But inevitably, he's going to get absolutely destroyed by Gunther. He's gonna make it. He's gonna make it a little bit believable, you know. He'll do that, you know. Come from behind, babyface, great babyface comeback like Rey Mysterio is known for. But he's he's not even gonna come close to winning the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther is going to destroy Rey Mysterio in two weeks. Sign me up. It's gonna be awesome. Logan Paul. Logan Paul was the last thing that we saw. On Friday Night SmackDown, he made his way out to the ring. He got booed as he walked down the aisle. Michael Cole noted that Shawn Michaels has been training with Logan Paul. At least he's got some of the best training him for Saudi Arabia. They showed photos, then they showed Roman on Twitter saying, Logan will need all the help he can get, and he better be training with God next week because even that might not even be enough. Logan's in the middle of the ring, and he says he he knows he's supposed to address the hard camera. But first he wanted to say it feels great to be home in Ohio. He turned back to the camera and says, I know the people watching me at home that are not here right now are doubting me. But dummies, I've been doubted my whole life, and look at where I am now. You know, calling the people dummies is not going to get Logan Paul any support from the WWE Universe as he goes into Saudi Arabia against Roman Reigns. He may have fans over there. He may have the fucking geeks over there cheering for him to win the Universal Championship. There are some circles in the IWC that think that Logan Paul beating Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship is probably the right move. I mean, you even got Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey even said that Logan Paul should beat Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. You believe that? Now they wonder, and Ronda wonders why fans dislike her. When she says shit like this, and I quote, I'm going to say this in the best way possible. What they need to do with Logan Paul is make sure he loves this and has an absolutely amazing time and wants to make this his home. Showing up and getting his ass kicked by Bray Wyatt might be what a lot of people want to see, but I don't think it makes sense. I don't know why she's mentioning Bray Wyatt and Logan Paul in the same sentence, but let me let me continue. Honestly, you know what? If I was booking it, I would have Logan Paul beat Roman Reigns. I would. For whatever plethora of reasons, he's one of the biggest draws right now. You want to be able to put him over. You want to legitimize him. Roman Reigns doesn't have anybody to feud with right now. That would give Roman Reigns something to do and would actually elevate Roman Reigns to be in a back and forth with Logan Paul. I- imagine, imagine not thinking about saying this shit before you actually regurgitated this to whoever the fuck she spoke to. She said this on her stream. She said this on Twitch while she was streaming video games. She says, people might want to see Logan get his ass kicked by Bray Wyatt. Never gonna happen. In a thousand fucking lifetimes. Those two in the ring together would never work out 
would never make sense, and it would be uh, an absolutely terrible situation for Logan Paul. That's number one. Number two, she says if she was booking it, I would have Logan Paul beat Roman Reigns. So, wait a minute. You, you, you wasted 800 fucking days on Roman Reigns to win both of these championships for him to drop the titles to Logan Paul? Thank God, she says, if I was booking it. Thank God Ronda Rousey has no creative input on anything that happens on Friday night at all. She said, for whatever plethora of reasons, he's one of the biggest straws right now. Yes, away from WWE. You give Roman Reigns an opportunity to lose those championships to Logan Paul, and you make him the champion? That's not going to be a draw for WWE. It'll be a draw for Logan Paul on all of his other platforms, but it's not going to be a draw for WWE. You're going to be actively driving people away from the WWE product. Roman Reigns is the draw, not Logan Paul. Roman Reigns is the reason why people watch the fucking product, not Logan Paul. What a fucking dummy. You want to legitimize him, she said. He was legitimized at WrestleMania. He was legitimized at SummerSlam. What more do you do? What more do you need to do to legitimize him? He's had two breakout performances. Some have called it the best celebrity performances that WWE's ever had. Now you want to legitimize him by giving him a championship. No, that's the way you kill the product, not legitimize it. Roman Reigns doesn't have anybody to feud with. Oh, really? He doesn't have anybody to feud with, right? Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, AJ Styles, Gunther, several Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, right? He doesn't have any Seth Rollins. He doesn't have anybody to feud with, says Ronda Drowsy. Gonna start calling her Ronda Clownsy. Give me a fucking break with this shit. What a terrible fucking statement. Unbelievable. Dummies. Ronda's a dummy. I've been doubted my whole life. Look at where I am now. Not really a good look, bro, if you're calling the WWE fans dummies. But that's because he's confident in himself and in his enemies. He says he doesn't need a penguin-looking dude named Paul Heyman doing his talking for him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A penguin-looking dude like Paul Heyman. You know, you know, people would pay top dollar to have that penguin-looking dude do a lot of voiceover work for them. He said the Usos are basically one guy. He says he's never seen Solo alone. He says he doesn't have any friends that look like Sammy, and he laughed. He said nobody expected him some kid from social media to step into the ring and actually win the gold. He asked, what happens if I do? He won't. What happens if I do? He says he might hit Roman so hard, his teeth fall out when he hits the mat. Jay jumped Logan Paul from behind and then mounted him, started punching away from uh, punching away at him. He landed a big super kick. He played up to the hard cam. He did a big Uso splash in the corner while Logan Paul was laying on the mat, and he was celebrating as he attacked Logan, Fa- Logan Paul from behind. Sammy Zayn ran out. Sammy ran out. He jumped on the ring apron. He started yelling at Jay. He can't do this. Can't do this. He says, it's not coming from him. It's coming from the tribal chief. It's coming from Roman. He told him to leave the ring. Sammy, held the, Sammy even held the ropes open. Jay did not. 
listen to Sammy. He was about to walk through the ropes and then walk back into the ring, and he charged at Logan again. Logan this time moved and KO'd Jey Uso. Knocked him out with one punch. Cole called it one lucky shot. Jay was out on his back. Logan looked at Sammy. He leapt over the top ropes, stared at Sammy, and walked back up the aisle. And the show went off the air with Sammy Zayn on the apron, looking down at a fallen Jay Uso, knocked out by Logan Paul. Roman Reigns is going to be one angry tribal chief next week. But who is he going to be angry at? Is he going to be angry at Jay Uso? Is he going to be angry at Sami Zayn? Logan is going to lose this match. There's no, there's no reason to believe that Logan's going to beat Roman Reigns. Nobody should be concerned about that at all. The story here, and Logan played a good part, a good role in this story, to further the frustration between Sami and Jay Uso and further the storyline with Roman Reigns to both. Now the story is coming out of tonight. He gave Sami Zayn the responsibility of managing Jay Uso's anger. Who's Roman Reigns going to be angry at? I mentioned this earlier. Sami Zayn has done everything to be the one to listen to Roman Reigns. Jay Uso has defiantly ignored Sami Zayn. So who's Roman Reigns going to be upset with? Is he going to be upset with Sami? Is he going to be upset with Jay? Is he going to be upset with both? It's easy to say both. Both are to blame, really. But Sami Zayn has done everything in his power. He's got Solo to back him up. He's got Jimmy to back him up. I think Sami's going to have a lot of backup in this when it comes to Jay. And I do think Jay is going to be excommunicated from the bloodline for the time being. Sami's basically going to be taking Jay Uso's spot. Or Roman could punish them both. Like I said before, Roman... You know, with the brawling brutes and all this other shit, Roman Reigns could easily say, I'm putting you all in war games and I want you to act as a fucking family against the brawling brutes. Roman doesn't have to be in war games. Why would he have to be? The only reason why he would be in war games is because he's a part of the bloodline. But does he really need to be? He could use the war game stipulation to be, I guess, a teaching lesson, a learning lesson for the bloodline. Like, when I say something, you guys got to fucking listen to me. So who's Roman going to be upset with? Next week, we'll find out. He's supposed to be on the show. Is it going to be Sammy? Is it going to be Jay? Or is it going to be both? We'll find out next week. That's all I got, man. The hothead, Jay Uso. He's going to have a lot to think about over the next seven days. I appreciate you guys joining me on this Friday Night Smackdown, man. Good to be back. Good to be back, man. Yo, 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 listen, bro. I I've seen you up and down the chat, bro. Yo, yo, listen. If you're going to come in here and argue with me, bro, I'm going to have to actually get the fuck out of here. The first time I mentioned in this tonight, I've seen, I seen a couple of people. I've seen a couple of people mention that you were a problem already before. Okay? Calm the fuck down. It's my first night back after seven days, bro. You're going to come into the fucking venue and start shit? You either want to be here or you don't. If you don't, get the fuck out. That's all I'll say about that, okay? Super chats are open, guys. Get them on in. We're going to hang out right now with some 
great music, and some cold beverage. Remember to hit that thumbs up, guys. We are 50 away from 1,000. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I will be all over your subscription boxes tomorrow, man. We may talk CM Punk tomorrow. I may split the two shows up into... You may get two off the scripts. Saturday and Sunday. I may do all AEW tomorrow and then all WWE on Sunday. I don't know how you guys feel about that. We'll talk a little Dynamite. We'll talk a little Raw on Sunday. Dynamite on Saturday. Mix it up with some WWE and WWE stuff. Saturday and Sunday. I don't know. I will be live for Halloween Havoc. I will be live tomorrow night for Halloween Havoc after the show is over, man. We will be talking about it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go live with those shows, man. I think they just be, I think they may just be regular uploads. Not sure yet. Depends on how I feel, man. I'm a little, uh, I don't know if I'm under the weather or not. I, I feel, I feel, I feel a little tired. I think my voice is shot. I think uh, I'm just tired. My allergies are acting up tonight. So we'll see what happens. I may live stream. I may not live stream. We'll see. I don't know. But I may split them into two shows, man. AEW on Saturday, WWE on Sunday. Listen, man, if I go members only, don't cry that you're not a member, bro. Become a fucking member, Donzel. Nobody should be crying that you're not a member and then fucking cry to me that it's members only. Become a fucking member. I've done more than enough to give back to you guys to become a member, man. Anyway, guys, hit that thumbs up. Super chats are open. Memberships are open. Get them on in. Let's start at the top here. Grimsley with a $5 super chat. Let me see that Omas love in the chat, guys. Loved going to Salamas' stream and showing love to Omas on Monday. It was Omas Day. P.S. I'm too drunk. Sounds like you are, Grimsley. I may have to get ready. I may have to get rid of you, bro. We love you, Grimsley. Thank you for the $5, bro. DC with a $20 super chat. JD, your island trip looked awesome. Did you travel solo? No, I did not. If so, do you plan on traveling more? Yes. I traveled to London, LA, Montreal alone, and I loved it. I can never travel travel to those places alone, bro. I don't like doing things like that alone. I don't mind going to a bar alone. I don't mind going to a movie alone. I don't mind doing anything alone. In fact, I actually enjoy being alone. <laughs> I, 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 love, I love my alone time, but I can't do things like that alone. Also, what was your favorite part about your trip to Ireland? Um, that's a good question, DC. Uh, the... Best part of my trip to Ireland was trekking all the way to this little seaside town called Doolin. State of the Doolin Inn. 
seen the Cliffs of Moher. And I went to this place. And... I had Guinness beef stew. And the owner comes up and asks where we're from. You know, we're, we're from New York and whatnot. And, you know, he gave us the recipe for his beef stew, his Guinness beef stew, and they had live music. Now, when we got in there, the live music wasn't there. I'm like, where the fuck is this live music at? What type of live music? All of a sudden, we get this... this this older looking gentleman pulling out his acoustic guitar and we get this this younger guy he looked, he looked to be in his 30s or so he was playing some sort of instrument it sounded like a fucking bagpipe but I know it wasn't a bagpipe it, it, it was it was like a, an, an Irish flute almost it was some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on any trip I've ever been on it really it just fit the mood of the whole, the whole trip of being there, it's exactly what I envisioned. I'd never been to Ireland, it was my first time. It's exactly what you would envision. Going to a fucking bar in the middle of absolutely nowhere, drinking a cold Guinness, eating Guinness beef stew, and listening to fucking the music of the country and the music of the town. It's fucking great. Yeah, Hulagrim, that, uh, that picture uh, yesterday was from this steakhouse in Dublin called Fire. Excellent, man. Anyway, uh, excellent question, DC. I appreciate you, bro. Tony Brown, 499. Welcome back, young man. Bro, booty meat business is now open for business. Once again, thank you, Tony Brown. Tyler, 499. Welcome back, Tribal Chief, head of the table of the IWC. We all love and missed you. Keep being the GOAT and never stop working hard. It's going to be a long weekend, brother. I ain't going anywhere. We're going to do our thing, and I'm going to give you guys the content that you missed all week long. I appreciate you, bro. Is that what they call it, Daniel? A penny whistle? I, 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 I did not even look it up. Is that what they call that? A penny whistle? Bro, it sounds beautiful, man. It sounds great. Lord J. Coyle with a $5 super chat. It's great to have you back, JD. Also, you may have picked up on it, but the QR code leads to lyrics from The Man Who Sold the World by David Bowie. Talked about that earlier in the stream, brother. I'm on top of these things, man. I'm on top of it. I also played a lot of Pokemon Go while I was out there. That was fun, too. A lot of Pokemon on the Cliffs of Moor, bro. You'll be uh, very surprised how many people are playing Pokemon Go up there. A Penny Whistle. That's, uh, I love this. That, the sound of that is awesome. And this guy was incredible. This guy was so good, man. Ali with a 199 Super Chat. Welcome back, JD. Thank you, Ali. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Drew needs to turn... Badly and join the Wyatt Six. Nah. Nah, I don't think I don't think Drew McIntyre turning heel and joining the Wyatt Six is a good look. Jeremy Harris with a $10 super chat. Welcome back, JD. While you were away, I'll be hanging on BC's channel and got me amplified. But don't worry, I'm loyal to you 
You want to know what I'm drinking? I'm drinking coffee with BC. I can't hit on that, man. BC's my boy. You want to go catch up with BC? You go catch up with BC, man. That gets a thumbs up of approval from me. And as BC's always amplified, man. He loves his fucking coffee. As do I. As do I. I make one hell of a fucking cappuccino. I'll make you anything you want. Telling you, man, one of these days, man, I mean, I'm opening up, I'm opening up a fucking coffee bar for the morning hours and then a cocktail slash craft beer bar for the evenings. Gotta love it. Thank you, man, for the $10. Grim, Hula Grim, with a 24-month membership. Hula Grim now officially has the golden microphone. Oh, my goodness. Hula Grim with the golden microphone. Yeah, man. Finally, gold mic status tonight. It's also the five-year anniversary. I quit watching weekly WWE and let you be my eyes and ears to the WWE landscape. OTS for life. That's a beautiful thing, Hologram. Bo Noble in the chat. Yes, I love Starbucks coffee, man. More so the Starbucks roastery in Manhattan. That's where I really get a great cup of coffee, man. I love the experimental shit. One of the best things about my trip to Dublin, man, was that um, uh, Guinness. Very Sam Adams-like, bro. Very experimental when I went to Sam Adams. They have all these different style beers that you don't think. You, know, you think uh, Porch Rocker and, uh, and uh, what else? They got Cherry Wheat and they got, uh, you know, their seasonal shit, Summer Ale. The, the, the traditional Sam Adams. Guinness is known for, you know, Guinness Porter. They got the Guinness Foreign uh, Stout. They got uh, the Extra Dark, the regular draft, right, with the nitrogen. They have a whole nother bar outside the warehouse, outside the brewery, that is experimental beers only. They had a peanut porter that was to die for. They had a gin and tonic ale, bro. It was fucking fantastic. Their red ale was delicious. I love it. The next time I go, man, I want to spend more time there. I only spent uh, like an hour there, and I, I had like a flight of beer, and that was it. It was great. It was great. The Guinness, the Guinness factory was awesome. Well, the Guinness brewery, I should say, was awesome. I actually, I actually had a better time at the Jameson Distillery. But both were fantastic. I took a cocktail class at the Jameson Distillery, and then I took a beer class on Guinness at the Guinness Brewery and they taught us how to pour our own Guinness. So when people, when, when I ask, I, all I want is my ice cold Guinness. I got an ice cold Guinness and I got a certificate for the perfect pour. And I love it. Grim, thank you so much, brother. Um, Tyler with a $4.99 Super Chat. Hopefully Halloween Havoc delivers tomorrow. We'll see, man. NXT sucks. NXT sucks. We'll see. But, I mean, you got Ilya Dragunov and J.D. McDonough in the main event with Braun Breaker. I don't know how that could be terrible. 
Chris Leon with a five-month membership. Thank you, brother. Good to hear you. you had a blast in Ireland. Welcome back, champ. Cheers. Thank you, Chris. Kratos with a 27-month membership. I got to be a part of my older sister's 33rd birthday this past Wednesday. Can she get a happy birthday from you, JD? Kratos, I wish you... I wish your older sister a happy 33rd birthday, bro. Happy 33rd birthday to Kratos' sister. JP5150 with a 26-month membership. Guess who's back? Back again. JD's back. Tell a friend. Sorry, bro. I had to put that in there. It's great to see you back. Safe, brother. Hashtag NYACE. Hell yeah, bro. Good to be back in the venue, man. Uncle Willie 101 with a three-month membership. Hey, JD, I'm 15 years old. Want to become a pro wrestler. There's no good schools in New Hampshire. What should I do? Suggestions. By the way, I love what you do. Uh, Uncle Willie. Listen, bro, if you want it, you got to go get it, man. You know, they always say the life of a pro wrestler is not easy, man. The business is a hard one. You're going to need to be fully loyal, fully dedicated to it, bro. You want to go train? There's schools all over up and down the East Coast, bro. You got you to gotta go. House of Glory. I, can, I can't recommend it enough here in New York City and Queens. You want to go to, uh, you know, the uh, Academy with Bully Ray. I believe that's on the East Coast as well. There's schools up and down the East Coast, man. It's Google is your friend, bro. Look it up. Don't wait. All because there's no good schools in New Hampshire, bro. That, that, that doesn't mean they're going to come to you. You gotta. If you want it, you got to go. Get of age. Get a car. Get your license. When you get of age, you got to go. OMG, it's Rush. 2213, 10 months. Thank you so much, brother. Hooligrim with a $20 super chat. Welcome the fuck back, says Hooligrim. Hope you managed to capture a little luck of the Irish and brought it back with you. Hashtag OTS Bloodline. Thank you, buddy. James with a 16 month membership. Hell yeah, bro. Very glad to have you back from the EU. If I could get a shout out for my new t shirt company. At DPS Custom on Twitter. Might be uh, cool if you did. Listen, guys. Go check out James and his new t-shirt company, man. DPS Custom. They're on Twitter. At DPS Custom. On Twitter. And is that the same as the Instagram, bro? Plug the Instagram, too. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. I'm sorry I had an affair while you were gone. I was watching Solo Monster and BC. Sorry, bro. LOL. It's all right, guy. It's all right, Hollywood guy. Don't worry about it, man. Derek Anawaii with a 149 super chat. Leaves me a peach emoji. I don't know what you're implying, Derek, but maybe you enjoyed the booty meat on tonight's AEW Rampage. 
Sidro with a new membership. Thank you, buddy. Sidro becomes a new member. Sidro, what the fuck are you drinking, bro? ECW Hardcore with a $5 super chat. Welcome back, JD. Glad you had fun on the trip. How was the Irish booty meat OTS for life? Wasn't really there for uh, booty meat, ECW Hardcore. I was there to uh, experience the culture and learn a thing or two. Though I did have somebody that very much sounded like Becky Lynch at the Guinness Brewery. The script keeper with a $5 super chat. And everybody sounded like Finn Balor to me, bro. I, I thought I was, uh, I thought I had everybody, uh, everybody talking to me. I thought it sounded like fucking uh, Prince Devitt. I love the Irish accent, man. I think it's great. The script keeper with a $5 super chat. Welcome back, JD. I am now an OTS junkie. While you were gone, I watched old OTS podcast. I missed you so much. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Thank you, Scriptkeeper. I appreciate that, bro. My precious. Teddy Love. With a seven-month membership, everyone raise your drinks and smash the likes and show love to the king of the IWC and the ace of the IWC. Welcome back, JD. Much love, brother. Thank you, Teddy Love. I appreciate that, man. James, I did not get your 16-month chat. Not yet, bro. I don't, I don't know if I got there yet. I'm still running through them. With a $2 super chat. Sith Warlord becomes a new member. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking tonight, man? Lunar Guardian with a three-month membership. The best in the IWC. Absolutely. Mendelf's Isma with a six-month membership. Stopping by to say welcome back. Hope you had a blast. Glad to have you back. It's been crickets. Now the fun continues. Yes. Yes, it was a snooze fest while I was gone. I know. I know. I mean, where were you, man? Don't tell me you were watching Denise, man. Come on. Come on, man. There was no way you were enjoying that while I was gone. Cody Snyder with a $10 super chat. Welcome back, buddy. I know you mentioned Triple H and potential trios titles. What you think of bringing back Tucker to put with Otis and Gable for those? Been watching Heavy Machinery videos this past week. LOL. Yeah, I, listen, man. I think he should be back with them, period. I think that would be fantastic. Jungle Plateau. Listen, bro. I don't... I look refreshed. I may look refreshed. I don't feel refreshed. I'd love to see that, Cody. I'd love to see Tucker and I back with uh, Otis. I think that'd be great. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Jericho, 8131 with a $10 super chat. I doubt they'll do it. But they should let Sammy bleed when the bloodline turns on him. Give it the old school feel to get more heat on the bloodline and make Sammy more of a sympathetic baby face. I always said, man, uh, as long as it calls for it, Absolutely. I would love to see it. 
She Black, 199. No message. Faeem Hater with a Australia might. $5 super chat. Bray should beat Roman. And Omar should beat him to win the WWE Championship and go on an undefeated streak. He has great potential. People should realize it. Fahim, get out! Get Fahim out of here, bro. Get Fahim Hater out of here. Get him out. I need to see. Get him out emojis for Fahim Hater, bro. Listen, bro. My first day back, man, and you're giving me this, this shit, this garbage. I'm going to refund you $5, man. I don't know if you're serious or not. Get out. Get out. Show up tomorrow with a better attitude, man. I don't need that shit right now, okay? You may be drunk with rage at the bar. Holy shit. I know you guys love to troll, but I mean... Sean Crockett with a $20 super chat. Thank you, Sean. I was live at SmackDown. It was pretty good overall. At some point, Colin Barrett left their station. The volume on the backstage segments was very bad. Couldn't hear much. The place was pretty packed, and The Miz was awesome. Yeah, the uh, Bray Wyatt promo on the back, his music was a little too loud, even on TV. So I think people were complaining about that online. But thank you, Sean. Glad you had a good time, bro. Spencer Morgan with a four-month membership. Spencer says, welcome back. And a $5 super chat. Happy to see you back safe. Thank you, Spencer. Appreciate you, brother. Dev to Dust. What is my favorite Kurt Angle match? Probably the Undertaker match at No Way Out 2000. What was it? 2008? I think. And then, uh, obviously, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Luis Baez with a 199 Super Chat. The head of the IWC is back. Absolutely, Luis. I am back, bro. The visionary. $2 Super Chat. Welcome back. My precious. <laughs> Ricardo Linnell. For the final Super Chat. Welcome back, JD. Did you bring back bottles of anything? Oh, yes. Yes, I did, Ricardo. It's funny you asked, bro. I brought back two bottles of Irish gunpowder whiskey. One is a limited edition. It's like a California citrus. And then the standard blue bottle, which I drank a lot of while I was there. Um, and I bought some, uh, I bought a brand new bottle in uh, Duty Free. I bought, uh, I went to Sean's Pub in Galway, and I bought some of their whiskey, and I got two bottles at the Jameson Distillery. Stuff that you can't get here in the United States, man. Uh, Tommy Brannigan with a 10-month membership. Great to have the king of the IWC back. And glad you had a great trip to Ireland. OTS for life. Thank you, Tommy. Kal-El with a $10 super chat. $10. Thank you, brother. Welcome back, bro. Missed you. On my way home from work. Glad you enjoyed yourself. Just checked. I missed the show. I'll replay later. I'm enjoying the Killer Instinct music. Mustangs rule. You know it, brother. Andy James, man. Fucking phenomenal guitar player. 
Fiorius Nation with a $50 super chat. Welcome back, JD. Hope you enjoyed Ireland, bro. And would you recommend it? Absolutely. London is also definitely one of the places that I love to visit, to be honest. I think, yeah, me too. And what a terrible take from Ronda Rousey. Makes me glad she isn't booking WWE. She's awful, bro. She's terrible. She's terrible. Uh, James, I did not get your 16-month chat, bro. I did not get your 16-month chat, man. That's not me. That's not on me, man. But shout out to James for 16 months. Colin, Terry Stockton, DJ Footclan, Louis S., Steven Vandelli. What's up, brother? Cindy Ennett, JDC Biggins, Sidro, and Sith Warlord for all of the memberships. You guys are great. Furious Nation with a $20 super chat with Hit Row versus Legato next week. Carmelo Hayes, I could probably see with Hit Row. To be honest, yet some people on Twitter argue with me saying that it would be a downgrade for Hayes because Swerve isn't there and doesn't like Triple H. Yeah, I don't think Carmelo Hayes with Hit Row is the way to go, bro. I'm actually enjoying a Leo Rush idea a little bit more than Carmelo Hayes. I think Carmelo Hayes needs to stand on his own. And James, the final super chat. It's Dragon Punch Customs on the Instagram. And I have a limited edition Blood Splatter DPS logo for, for the first pre-orders. And thank you so much, Ace. So there you go, bro. Go visit Dragon Punch Customs on, Insta on Instagram and check out James's new t-shirt shop. And if you guys want to go follow him on Twitter, you guys can do the same thing, man. At DPS Custom on Twitter. He's an OTS VIP, so you know it's good shit. Guys, I am about to get the hell out of here, man. We got 2,400 in the venue tonight for the return back. I love it. It's going to be a great weekend. We're going to talk all the news and rumors this weekend. We're going to talk NXT Halloween Havoc. So bad that it's fucking scary on Saturday night. I'll be live after that show is over and we'll be back in the venue, man. So you guys know the deal. But I appreciate you guys with the super chat love tonight. I appreciate you guys with the likes, man. We got over a thousand likes, which is great. We got two new members. We got a bunch of recommitments. Love to see it. I'm glad to be back in front of my OTS family. My OTS VIPs. It's good to be back in the venue. We got a long weekend ahead of us, guys. Hopefully you uh, enjoy it all, man. I'll be back to work. Like usual. Want to close October out big time. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. If you guys still want those cameos, man, links are down below in the description. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Remember to turn on that bell for all notifications, man. It's going to be a busy weekend. And go check out my sponsor for today's show, Audible. If you guys want 30 days free, 30 days free of this service and one free audio book, that's audibletrial.com slash scripts. Guys, thank you so much for all the love tonight for the first night back. It's going to be a big weekend. I got you covered. Do not worry about it, man. 
I need those rock on emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis in the chat from my VIPs. And I also need that music on Max. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow night. Live from the venue for Halloween Havoc right here on OTS. And then videos in your subscription boxes all weekend long, guys. So look out for it. Until then, have a good night, guys. And I'll see you later.